This is Golf with Jay Delsing. A two-time college All-American at UCLA. A participant in nearly 700 PGA Tour events. Seven professional wins to his credit. Over 30 years of professional golf experience. A member of the St. Louis Sports Hall of Fame. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. Good morning, this is Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm your host, Jay. I'm sitting down this morning with Mark McGuire. Mark, thanks so much for joining me this morning. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for asking me to be on the show. Oh my gosh, I look back, I can vividly remember the home run chase of 98. There's, uh, your accomplishments go on and on. But let's go back, because this is kind of a special time. I know you just had your second son drafted in Major League Baseball. Talk a little bit about that, if you like, and what is it like to be drafted in MLB? Well, I mean, obviously, it's a dream come true. I mean, go back, first of all, start with me. It's like, you know, drafted in 1981 out of high school as a pitcher by the Montreal Expos. Um, and they offered me, in the eighth round, a grand total of $8,500. <laughs> and so, and uh, at the time, I had a scholarship at the USC. And uh, I remember my dad saying, well, if, if um, we figured it was $10,000 a year to go to USC at that time, we figured if they came up to around $40,000, I would sign and go pitch for uh, the Montreal Expos. They said they couldn't budge off the 8500 So I ended up going to college and, you know, Long story short, I ended up becoming a hitter anyways, and I was drafted in the first round in, in 1984 by the Oakland A's, and, and I turned that into, like, I think it was close to $150,000 signing bonus, and that was a lot back in 1984. And then fast forward close to 40 years later, my son Mason, out of high school, was drafted in the eighth round a month ago by the Chicago Cubs, and um, and he is a pitcher. He stands six foot four, or 195, and got a very live arm. And he is absolute, just a young kid that is ready to blossom. And um, I couldn't be happier for him. And again, another dream come true. Um, something he's he's been working very hard at ever since I got back into the game and coaching back in 2010. My boys, both my boys, Max, who's 19, who's going to be entering the University of San Diego. He just transferred from Oklahoma this last September or excuse me, this last uh, August. Anyway, so he is uh, going to be there at uh, the University of San Diego. So, you know, it's just one of those great things where they just they just love the game of baseball. Things have worked out, a lot of hard work. You know, the thing is, I, I walked away from my coaching job down in San Diego, you know, after the 2018 season. I had another year left on a contract, and, and I, I came to a point in time where I said, Max was entering his sophomore year, Mason was entering his freshman year, and I said, you know what? I need to be there with them. Uh, my wife, I don't know if anybody knows, but I have triplet girls that just turned 12 on June 1st. My wife being at home and I'm being on the road as a coach, it's you're gone a lot more than you are as a player from the house. And I needed to be around and watch my boys grow and, and be there. Uh, but the one thing I did tell them, I said, listen, if I decide to walk away from coaching to be with you, and to, to try to give the knowledge that I know what it's going to take to be a minor league player, be a hopefully a big league player someday. I'm going to be dead honest with you. I'm going to be hard on you because I don't want you to be soft. I, I want you to understand what it's going to be like when people are always going to be critiquing and giving you stuff and more failure in the game than it is success. And how are you going to accomplish getting through the failure? And they both looked at me and they said, yeah, dad, we're, we're ready for that. And so that's when I elected to walk away from the game as a coach for the last three summers or more, we were traveling the country doing all these uh, showcases and tournaments in Florida and Georgia, you know, Arizona, Texas. It's just like, we were all over the place, Alabama. And it was eye opening for me as a father. And I love baseball and believe me, I, I really love going and watching these things because great things about amateur baseball today is all these, you know, uh, perfect game and baseball factory and all this stuff. They put all these tournaments on and all these showcases. You get to see all the talent across the country where way back in the day, we, we never knew of any of it. The only time we ever saw any talent across the country is if we played against them in college, basically, or in the minor leagues. It was a good eye-opening experience for my boys and myself 
to really see what they were up against. It wasn't really necessarily the talent. It was just the maturity and the growth in their bodies. And that was the thing that I kept telling them. I said, listen, you guys have the talent. It's just the maturity and the, the growth in your body as far as I, I consider them both my boys sort of late bloomers and sort of like what I was in high school and college and being a late bloomer and, and flourishing into the body. It just, everybody's different. Some kids are, I mean, I, I remember seeing kids that are six, five, six, six, 225, and they're going into their senior year in high school. And I'm like, this is crazy, but it's eye-opening because it, for these kids, it, it makes them like work harder. They have to work harder because this is what they're up against. And both of them work very, very hard. And, you know, Max, um, had an opportunity um, last year uh, being drafted and we elected to just say we're going to go to college and he went and played his first year at University of Oklahoma and you know he didn't have a really great opportunity of playing there the times he did play on a where he was playing consecutively for maybe five or six games he did quite well but they elected to go with an, an older a junior college transfer, and then he elected to transfer to the University of San Diego, and he's got two more years. For Mason, he's, again, another late bloomer with a flourishing fastball with the long arms, stands six foot four, 195, and the Cubs really liked him and picked him in the eighth round. And, I mean, I just, like, I can't wait to see what in the next three or four years when they just mold him into a, an absolute beast. And I, I can't imagine what he's going to be doing when he's at 220 or 225 and who knows if he's going to be growing any more than 64 he could be 6566 so for them to to watch them go through this and all the hard work and and all the me getting on them quite a few times about things and not letting things slide you know uh, I'm I'm one of those guys that I, I'm a I look at the little things and the little things with me are the ones that make the big problems if you don't if you don't start closing the hole or the gap with the, the little things, those little things are going to be huge. And so the small little detail stuff I'm really big on. And those were the things that I really emphasized with them as far as their baseball, way the way, way they play baseball, way they go after baseball, how they, how they treat players, how they treat coaches, just these little things that just to me are huge. It's so satisfying as a parent. And I know, Mason is extremely, extremely happy is what, what's going on. He's been down there for, in, in the Mesa Scottsdale area for about a month now, getting used to the system and getting ready for instructional league. And then Max is getting ready to go start his uh, sophomore year at San Diego and comes first of September. Mark, I, I can't um, imagine the value of, of your experiences and being able to relay that even to your daughters as you go through life, being a big leaguer, your dreams can come true. You're walking, talking example of that. That is so cool to be able to say that as a parent, isn't it? It really is. I also know that it's a lot harder today, too, because of what these kids have to deal with as far as their expectations um, via the social media. And far as I know, my kids today, especially my girls, and I think Maybe my oldest one might be on social media today, but I'm not too sure about Mason. But just the expectations and what the social media does and, and how people say things uh, via writing for, through a phone rather than saying it to your face. But the reality is it's just it's very satisfying to, to watch them flourish in what they want to do. And being as a parent, being there and trying to give them advice, which we all know as parents, that's what we can. We can give them advice because we're giving them advice of things that, that maybe have worked or maybe hasn't worked for us as, as we grew up into being a parent. God knows that we've all made mistakes, but we've all learned from them. And that's what we do. We, we, we pass on our knowledge to these kids. And, and that's what I do as far as baseball, too. I mean, I, I, I'm, just, I'm just real. I'm real to my kids about the baseball stuff. And I'm, I'm like, this isn't good enough. This is not going to be good enough. Now, you can accept that or not accept it. You have to understand that somewhere, somehow, that's going to come back to you where if it's good or bad. It's just, I just, I'm just, I just really talk on the points of just being reality. And then I'm giving them examples of like what I went through as an athlete, but so much of that can parlay into working in an office, being a doctor. I mean, it's, it doesn't matter or being a policeman, a fireman. 
everybody makes mistakes. You just have to learn from them. And it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're a baseball player or not. It's just, it's just life experiences. You know, your back is against the wall. Now, what are you going to do to peel it off and go forward? And that's where we are as parents and the, where I use with all the stuff and the ups and downs and stuff I had to go through in my life. And I try to give it to them and then they can take it and use it the way they want to use it. When you start thinking about experiences, the opportunity in front of them, I don't know any occupation, Mark, where you go through the fundamentals and do what you're supposed to do, take care of your body and work really hard, that that's not going to get you ahead. No, it's not. No, not, not necessarily. I mean, you got to have a lot of good things happen for you. You know, I mean, there's there has to be an opportunity for you to do that, too. And I mean, you you create the opportunity. I mean, obviously, it, it can't help if somebody's in front of you that something happens where somebody gets injured and creates the opportunity for you. But you can only take and do what you want to do. And then hopefully that door opens for you. But the, the biggest thing is what creates that opportunity is you understanding that and, and embracing failure. That's my biggest thing in life. It's like, you know, you have to embrace failure. It's, it's, it's going to happen whether you like it or not. In one way or another, something's going to happen where you're going to have to face it. What happens is, is like the thing is, is almost like society today is nobody wants to face it. They just... They want to have an excuse for it. It's unfortunate, but the thing is, you're, you're going to be a better human being by embracing that and confronting it and going forward and learning from it and being honest about it instead of running away from it and putting your head in the hole and feeling sorry for yourself. I was there. We were all there at one time. I mean, I, I can't tell you, like, I, I can go back to after my 91 season, and I talk about this a lot because this was a turning point in my career and my life, when I had total failure in a whole season, you know, hit 201 in 600 plate appearances, that's really hard to do. I mean, that's, I mean, that's really, really bad, right? And going to the ballpark every day thinking I'm going to be sent out to the minor leagues, and it never happened. But I took it upon myself to go, you know what? I needed to find out who I was as a person. I know today sports psychologists are gigantic and, and I think it's awesome. But for me, the biggest thing was in order for anything psychology-wise or mental-wise to work, you have to figure out who you are as a person. If you don't know who you are as a person, it's really hard to accomplish anything. And the thing is, is I had to figure out who I was as a person. Now, that being said, this is the one thing that I really realized and my psychologist way back when, close to 30 years ago, brought it to my attention. You are who you are by the way you were raised by your parents. Your parents are who they are because of the way they were raised by their parents. It doesn't mean it's right or wrong, but what does it mean? Does it mean that's the way you wanna live your life? You don't have to live your life the way your parents raised you. It was like a light bulb went in my head and I went, wait a minute. Okay, well, I used to be I used to do things this way and I used to do things that way because that's the way I was raised by my parents. Well, as I was starting to go through therapy, I realized that's not who I was as a person. That's who my parents were trying to make me as a person. But as I got older and I started realizing, well, I had a lot of failure in my life and I had a lot of ups and downs in personal life, whatever it may be. I had to realize, like, I had to find out who I was, me as a person. If you can't look at yourself in a mirror and like what you see, you don't know yourself as a person. You don't know what you can do or can't do. Over the time and the few years, I think three, three or four or five years that I went through therapy, one thing that I, and I think a lot of people out there can attest and will probably agree with me, is when it, it happens a lot. When you make a decision, whatever it may be. How many times do you question your decision? Like whatever it may be, it might be the simplest decision for a family thing, or it might be a decision on make, buying a car. It might be a decision on opening a new bank account or just whatever it may be, or opening a new credit card. Should I get a credit card? Oh yeah, it's great. I can, but then all of a sudden a day later, you sit there and go, wait a minute, what the hell did I just do? That's not, I, I shouldn't have done that. For me, what the turning point was, was me understanding that when I make a decision, I have to sit down, think about it. And then when I make it, that's it. That's the decision. I don't go back. And it took a lot of time for me to really realize and understand that. And the one thing that my psychologist had me do 
which it's, it's really tough for kids to do this today because they're, they're raised on a computer and a phone. One of the best things that I ever did was he said, you need to go right, go home, write down the thoughts of what you were trying to do at that given time when you make a decision. 24 hours later, go back to that what you wrote down and see if you feel the same way. Then if you change your mind, write down something new and then come back 24, 40 hours later and see if you still feel the same way. That was the turning point. I want to officially welcome Darty Business Solutions as the new title sponsor of this show. So who are they? Well, first of all, they've been headquartered in St. Louis for the last 37 years. They're the number one largest IT consulting firm per the St. Louis Business Journal. They're also the number one largest software development company per the St. Louis Business Journal. They were voted number one top workplace in St. Louis for large companies. There's over 2,500 teammates in 30 states and in three countries. There are 11 Darty regional development hubs in and around the world. If you live and or work in the St. Louis area, chances are that through their business or their extensive community work, Darty Business Solutions has done something positive near you. Check us out at Darty.com. That's D-A-U-G-H-E-R-T-Y.com. The Ascension Charity Classic returns September 6th through the 11th. Once again, St. Louis will host golf's greatest champions. Players like Bernard Longer, Ernie Els, Jim Furyk, John Daly, and returning champion David Toms. But no matter which legend wins this year, the real winners will be North County Charities because all proceeds from the tournament stay right here in St. Louis to benefit our communities. Tickets available now at ascensioncharityclassic.com. It is not too soon to be thinking about the holidays and the opportunity to bring your family together. Make the most of the holiday season and discover the beauty, culture, and cuisine of Hawaii while space is still available. Luxury suites, villas, and vacation rentals that can accommodate multi-generational family gatherings are filling up fast. AAA travel and pleasant holidays will help you immerse yourself in the aloha spirit with an all-inclusive dream vacation, including sightseeing tours through the islands. Call a AAA advisor today to book your Hawaiian holiday experience or visit AAA.com slash travel. Good morning. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. I am with John DePriest this morning for the Gateway Section Spotlight. John, good morning. Good morning, Jay. How are you? Oh, man, I'm doing great. Thanks. Hey, thanks so much for joining us. I know you've been on the spotlight before. You continue to do such noteworthy stuff, but talk a little bit about what's going on with PGA Hope. And I know how much you love the veterans and how you're associating golf with our, our veterans. Well, Jay, we we, uh, we try to use PGA Hope as kind of a uh, a introduction to the veterans who have never played golf before or are in need of something to uh, get them out of the house and and provide some some um, interpersonal skills with some of their their fellow veterans. Uh, we have folks at uh, PTSD and and long-term veterans, Vietnam, Korea, um, you know, the Afghanistan that that when they came back from service, they were kind of lost. They didn't really know what they wanted to do. They weren't capable of playing, you know, some other sports and golf kind of gave them an outlet to, to get out and uh, interact with people and, and kind of get back into mainstream. It's unbelievable how, if you look back at the history of the way the veterans were treated, especially going back as far as the, the Vietnam conflict, it's, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, I've, uh, I've, you know, one of the things that's uh, the beauty of this program is it's, uh, it, it's, it's probably as helpful for me as it is for them. You know, I've gotten to know a few of them, a few of the, the Vietnam era uh, veterans, and, and it's so true, you know, that they were just kind of the lost group. Um, in 2018, we had the, uh, the President's Cup was at, out at Whitmore Country Club, and I was fortunate enough to captain one of the teams, and I had three guys with me uh, from, from down at Jefferson Barracks, and uh, we had a great time, but uh, Brian Maine had arranged so many nice things for these veterans, and the most, probably the most uh, emotional one uh, for them and for me was when we got to the last hole. He had all the kids in his junior programs with flags asking these veterans for their autograph. Amazing, you know, the the, the emotional reaction to these guys. You know that that they felt like you know they were important. They felt like 
people were glad they were there and and uh, and honored for what they did. So it was uh, it was a great thing. Brian Maine does a great job. He sure does. And you know what's interesting is getting these heroes back into society is not easy because they've they've sacrificed so much and so many have have dealt with such trauma and it's unbelievable how cool golf is for them when some of them have never played before. Oh, that is so true, you know, and I think some of them just never had the access to a golf course. They never had other family members that participated or played. And uh, through the work we've done at PJ Hope at at some of the uh, local areas, uh, I was at St. Vincent Center with uh, Sam Gilliland uh, and Brian Maine this past winter. Uh, you know, they have to go through the six-week uh, training program in order to be able to play. And at that point, uh, Mark Marcuso down at the Arlington Greens has a – they have a veterans league, the Arlington Greens Veterans Golf Association on Thursdays, and they have to complete our classes to be eligible to play. And it's it's grown from probably six guys to somewhere close to 100 uh, over the years, and, and it's uh, it's pretty amazing to see them all out there and the camaraderie that they have. Uh, they, they've met new friends. They, they've realized this is something that they can do, and it's, uh, it's just wonderful to watch them. You just recently played a little marathon to raise money for uh, PGA Hope, didn't you? Yes, I did. Uh, this is the 15th year I've done it and uh, getting a little harder as I, as I get older. But uh, it was, uh, yeah, we did it July 2nd, the, week, the 4th of July weekend. I uh, played 108 holes in one day. We raised a little over $12,000 in that period. So it was, it was definitely well worth my time. Uh, I know that's things that uh, Allie Wells and, and uh, Fernando can, can use uh, to the PGA Hope and, and Gateway PGA Association to enable them to provide more programs. And that's that's what it's all about is just getting more of those veterans back into mainstream and back in the, into feeling like the like, you know, they're they're appreciated. The motto freedom isn't free is so true when you look at these men and women and so much of their sacrifice. Tell us a little bit about the event you have coming up October 10th. I know Sunset Hills Country Club over in Edwardsville has been a great supporter of what you're doing. Yeah, it's they the, the members here have been so so supportive of the things that that I've uh, come up with. Some of them have been uh, kind of off the wall and they they just support it no matter what we come up with. But our event this year is called the Ground Pounder Scramble. It's a uh, ground pounder meaning the foot soldiers basically throughout the years that have that have gone to foreign land to protect our freedom. Uh, but it, it benefits not only PJ Hope, but also the Heart of a Lion Foundation, which is Purple Heart recipient, Major Ed uh, Polito and John Daly. That's their, that's their uh, foundation that they started. My wife, Tracy and I uh, have been fortunate that we have become kind of founding members of their committee and, and uh, we're doing our best to assist them in, in getting their foot on the ground and, and doing some wonderful things. Uh, their pillars at, at, at uh, Heart of a Lion include not only veterans, but first responders, uh, they support St. Jude's and they support the Boys and Girls Clubs of America. So four great pillars for them to to need assistance with. Keep up the great work. Keep doing what you're doing for the game, growing the game for our our, our well-deserved uh, veterans. And thanks so much for joining me today. Well, it's my pleasure, Jay. And if anybody has any questions, tell them, please give me a call. We've got some room left for some teams and it's uh, it's an amazing experience. We have the SIU uh, Edwardsville uh, Color Guard here that, that presents the colors. Uh, the Edwardsville High School Chorus sings National Anthem. And we have a lot of our veterans that just come and hang out all day. So it's uh, pretty cool to get to, to see these guys and, and uh, talk to them a little bit. And what number, John? Club number is area code 618-656-8088. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Jay, thank you for, for your time today. I appreciate it. I am proud to welcome the Gateway section of the PGA back to my show. Whether you're pulling into your favorite driving range, public golf course, or country club, there is an excellent chance that the staff there is part of the over 300 men and women PGA professionals at over 100 facilities that make up our Gateway section. I grew up watching so many of these fine men and women getting to the golf course at dawn, leaving at dusk, spending their entire day running events, giving lessons, and growing 
playing this great game. PGA Reach, Drive Chip and Putt, PGA Hope, and the fantastic PGA Junior League are a few of the examples of the programs run by these same PGA professionals. Go to gatewaypga.org to learn more or to find your next PGA professional for your next lesson, go to pga.com. The Gateway PGA, growing the game we love. Powers Insurance is a family-owned agency right here in St. Louis that specializes in providing personalized coverage for the client who has a lot going on. At Powers, they understand that you and your life do not fit in a simple box. So guess what? Neither should your insurance coverage. Go to powersinsurance.com or call 314-725-1414 and ask for Tim Davis. That's powersinsurance.com. Folks, do you need a new car, truck, or SUV? Then the Dean Team of Kirkwood is the place for you to go. 314-966-0303 and go see Colin Byrne. He just got me into a new SUV and I love it. Boy, did they make the experience painless and super, super easy. Most dealers don't have any cars in their lots, but at Dean Team of Kirkwood, Colin has an entire parking lot full of new and used cars. You don't want a VW? That's no problem. They have Audis, BMWs, Mercedes, anything you want. Colin and the Dean team of Kirkwood will go get it if they don't have it. Call them at 314-966-0303 or go to deanteamvwkirkwood.com. The Dean team for all your car buying needs. The Ascension Charity Classic returns September 6th through the 11th. Once again, St. Louis will host golf's greatest champions. But no matter who wins, the real winners will be local area charities and communities. Tickets available now at ascensioncharityclassic.com. I want to tell you about a family-owned and operated golf business that's been right here in St. Louis for over 40 years. I'm talking about Pro-Am Golf Center. That's right, Pro-Am Golf Center. I know you know the name, but I'm not sure you know what they really have to offer. They have everything a seasoned golfer like myself could need, all the way down to what a beginner would want. Pro-Am Golf Center has the lowest price in the area for custom club fitting. I just went and visited CJ. He is terrific. If you call them now, mention my name, Jay Delson, you will receive a discount on that already low club fitting price. Their number is 314-647-8054. Ask for CJ. Or you can visit them at ProAmGolfUSA.com. That's ProAmGolfUSA.com. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. The Front Nine is presented by the Ascension Charity Classic, September 5th through the 11th at Norwood Hills Country Club. For tickets, AscensionCharityClassic.com. You know, Mark, you're talking about life-changing stuff when you realize that you have the choice to make a different decision in your life. I can remember that for myself as well, where I've kind of felt like I was remote controlling. My parents were still controlling me and I was in my 20s. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wait a yeah, second, yeah. this doesn't even feel like me. Thinking the same way. And and that was the thing. And it's like, that was the turning point. When these things started happening and, and I saw these things sort of change and they and it, it's not like it, it doesn't change overnight. Nothing ever changes overnight. It, it It's a process, right? And when these processes started happening, I started becoming secure with me, who I was. I started becoming secure with decisions I made off the field. But more importantly, I was making better decisions on the field as a baseball player. And my mindset just went off. The, it, it just went in the stratosphere. It's like the control of how I can control the way I was playing the game and the way I thought compared to my first five years of playing the, the game of baseball at the professional level. It was, it's not even comparable. And it was all because of me finding out who I was as a person. And I know, and today, there's a huge problem with mental health. And I'm and I, and I totally on board with that. My thing is, is like mental health, where does it start? How did it start? And to me, it all starts at the home. It all starts when you, how, how you were raised as a kid how you can understand and how you can change it yourself and how you can feel good about those changes instead of understanding going, oh my gosh, questioning every move you make. That was the biggest thing for me in my life. And then that was really, it it parlayed into what I was doing as an athlete. When I read and and I see interviews and on TV or read things in the paper um, on the internet, 
it's incredible how like how powerful the mind is as soon as you understand that you are in total control of your mind nobody else and how it simplified the game how it simplified my life now don't get me wrong i mean i had a lot of ups and downs but i learned how to handle them much better and i felt good about what i did and what i said about whatever it may be and it's just like then I, then i go back to like when we when we first started talking about my decision of leaving the padres to be with my kids and, and to be honest with them and say listen i'm going to be dead honest with you this is what's going to happen those are things that i if i didn't do what i did back in 92 the winter well she was the winter of 91 going to 92 is when this all started if i didn't do those things i i don't know if i could be the parent who i am today i don't think i can be the person that i could be today talking about dealing with failure when you're a professional golfer one person gets to win and everything else has looked as a loss you might have played well but you didn't win when you're playing in major league baseball if you can fail if you can fail less than 60% of the time, 65% of the time, you're going in the Hall of Fame. Right. And so you're dealing with twice as much failure as you are on a day in and day out basis. I just can't imagine the grind of the MLB, the length of the season. And then, you know, one hit out of three at bats is going to take you to the Hall of Fame. It's hard. At the same time that I was making a change in my life as far as seeing a psychologist, Tony LaRusso changed hitting coaches. The thing is, when when I was going through all this stuff and trying to find out who I was and change change my mindset and everything, the one thing to your point about dealing with failure, it's hard. Is it? You know, it's hard. Any athlete, it's it's just, not even athlete. It's it's hard with anybody, any walk of life. How do you deal with failure? He says, Mark, do you understand that guy on the mound is paid a lot of money to get you out, and then there's some days he's just going to do it. Light bulb went off. I went. Oh my gosh. And I felt so much better about like if I went over four. He says, "You just have to figure out how he got you out and understand that's okay. Process it, file it in your Rolodex in your mind, and the next time you face him, you're going to be better for it." It just eased my mind about failure. And so my over fours didn't turn into over 25s. I understood and I started learning how to after a game Now again, this is well before like the video revolution. It was just starting. So those were the times when I lived probably 30, 35 minutes away from the Oakland Alameda Coliseum. I lived over in the East Bay. And so I would spend my time driving home from the game thinking about my at-bats. And I was using my my video was my mindset on what I visually saw. And so and if I had a bad game, I would go over every at-bat, how he was pitched, what was pitched, did I get myself out that did he get me out or just it was just a good at bat and he just beat me and by the time i got into my driveway and walked into my front door the game was over with and i was thinking about the pitcher the next day the the pitcher the next day i don't know if i could have done that if wasn't going through the therapy of trying to figure out who i was as a person but it's just so funny how it i mean no it's funny but it's just so high grade how it all came together a new hitting coach a, a psychologist and it just took me to another level mentally it helped me out tremendously there's not a value that you can put on it as an athlete when you get to that next level as a human being the confidence in your your ability in yourself it's it's going to show it it almost can't not show out on on the field or out on the course i totally agree i i mean it's just uh I mean I mean I think about golf. I mean, I was lucky enough to play with a bunch of great professional golfers and was a really good friend of Billy Andrade. We sort of lost touch in the last few years, but Billy Andrade and I got to play in the, you know, the AT&T and, you know, I after I retired I went down and played in the ADT Skills Challenge and played with these guys and you know, I played with a lot of the great players. Like, you know, I played with Phil Mickelson, I played with Tiger Woods, you know, I played with Corey Pavin. I you know, I played with all these guys. The thing is, it's like You talk about one of the hardest jobs to perfect, to put food on the table for the family. That is one of the hardest things to do on this earth. The amount of respect I have for these golfers and what they go through is immense because think about all the other sports. For the most part, every sport is guaranteed guaranteed contracts. Golf has no guarantee. The only thing that's guaranteed is you going driving or flying to the next tournament and trying to make a living. 
one day you shoot 63, the next day you shoot 75. Now, how's that possible? You're playing the same golf course. Mac, I thought I was a competitive guy till I met Tiger. And, and, and <laughs> the guy doesn't give up on it. You know, he can have a 50-foot putt for a triple bogey, and he's still completely focused, completely into uh, his routine, the whole thing. Anybody, did you see anybody like that in MLB? Anybody in the, the, some of the great Hall of Famers that you played with and in, in your great career? Was there anybody that stood out like that? The only person that I can think of is me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Interesting. It, it's it's like to me, it's like I would put my mindset against anybody's mindset of what I had to go through, um, especially in the '98 season, um, of what I had to go through the rest of my career, '99, 2000, the expectations, the the mindset. You know, it's funny. It's like I always wanted to to meet Kobe Bryant, and you know, he lives. I mean, he lived like 10 minutes just over the hill for me. And I, I never ran into him, never got to meet him. But I, I would have loved to just talk to him about a mindset, you know, and obviously he would have, he definitely would have been there with Tiger as far as mindset. Mark, I don't know how you did in 98. You had that wonderful run. You broke the, you broke probably the most storied record in all of sport. And I'd see you close your eyes and I'd see you get prepped. And mm -hmm. I'm like, He's he's already watching this pitch. He's already yep. seeing what he needs to see. He's already living this 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 moment. And you know what, Mac? Mm. That's exactly what Tiger did on the golf course. He had yeah. already won the tournament in his mind. There's two things there. All right, so '98, and then Tiger. So let me let me tell you one story about Tiger. When we did talk on the golf course, and he did tell me about when he won the, I believe it was the U.S. Open in Pebble Beach. Oh, yeah, by 15. Okay. So the story, as he told me, was the night before, he got up in the middle of the night around 2 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning. He got in front of his mirror, shot every shot that he was visualizing on every hole before Sunday, that night before Sunday. Ridiculous. And as he told me, as he told me, he said, all those shots happened. Isn't that incredible? It, it is incredible. Gives me shivers. It gives me shivers right now to, to even think about that. Now, go to '98. Um, that has how powerful the mind can be to be in that moment to understand that the whole country is watching you. To understand that they Fox broke all you know television, whatever they were playing that that night and they decided let's put let's put this game on <laughs> let's put this game on national tv you know when's that ever happened let's take all these tv shows off we're going to put a baseball game on <laughs> right. you don't even know if i'm going to you don't you don't even know if i'm going to hit a home run i right. mean it's so hard to do right but the thing is the mindset and to understand like where i where i could get myself to and it's like and this is where i mean gosh i just wish i could have sit down with kobe and, and Obviously, maybe someday I get to sit down and talk to Tiger about this on a real level. Um, but to to really understand where you can go and like what to the point where you said, like, I would close my eyes in the hole. I would close my eyes on deck. Well, I was doing that prior to the game. I would I learned how to to I, I, I would go into one of the doctor's rooms or the you know, doctor's rooms and, and lay on a table. And I would take. I would take about a 10 or 15 minute sort of cat nap, if you want to call it. But I would, I would just totally close my eyes and I would visualize on how this pitcher's ball was moving, the starter. And, and that's how I did it. Um, today, these kids have video, they can do that. And, and I go back to like so many times I would tell these kids when I was coaching, I'm like, you guys don't understand that. Yeah, I know there's percentages on what the guy's going to throw at certain things. I go, to me, that's great. But to me, it's understanding and learning the rotation of how his ball is going to move is, gonna, is the key. That's going to set you up on what you want to do. And so that's what I was doing. And I was, I was doing that before the game. I would do that on deck. I would do that in the hole. I would do that sitting in the corner of the dugout. 
because my mindset had to be at another place. And there's only, there's only one place that only one person can get me there is, is me. And, um, but that's, that is, that's the incredible thing that you can do as a person is to open up and to, and to really peel back as my psychologists say, you're peeling back all these layers off this onion in order to you to find the core of who you are as a person. And that, and that 98 happened because of my failure in 91. And for me to understand that, Hey, I had to find out who I was and there's no way I, I personally don't think that there was any way that that would have happened if I didn't, if I didn't go through that time in 91 when I really thought maybe my career was over with and I was going to be a minor leaguer, you know? Um, but that's, that's how you, that's how you bounce through and pass and embrace failure. So Mark, if you were a golfer, you would do the exact same thing. Absolutely. Jay. And, and the thing is, is like the realization of that, this is my life or that was my life at my time at, at, during that time. It's like, why would I allow anything or anybody get in my way of me trying to succeed? without even knowing if it, if, if it was going to happen. But I was doing everything in my power to have that possibility to happen. Just like Tiger was doing that, getting up in the middle of the morning, the day before the final round of the US Open and going and blowing everybody away, he visualized every shot. I was visualizing a pitcher's pitch and how the ball was being moved. I didn't have to think about my swing. My swing was, when you're, you're playing that long. You don't have to think about your swing. To me, it's all about the pitcher's release point and how the ball's going to move, and if it's going to come in the location where you're going to hit. And that's that's really it. And and it's like the the power of the mind and what you can do and set the point. And that and listen, I did that every day. I did that every day um, for pretty most most of my second part of half of my career. I start. <laughs> I say that starting in '92. That's probably my. 92 to the end of my to 2001 i did that pretty much every day um and it's like why wouldn't i do that and then and then when i was coaching why wouldn't i pass that on to players today because it's like listen i wasn't the best player drafted in 1984 i wasn't the best player playing the game of baseball doesn't mean you have to be the best player to have the strongest mind but how do you know that you can't possibly, how do you know that you, you might not someday be the best player in the game if your mind can get you there, if you're not allowing it to get you there? And that's what I, that's the, one of the biggest things that I, when I was coaching is like, how do you know you can't be great if you don't dip into that noodle between your ears? You know, and the first thing it starts is that you just start talking about it and start planting the seed or, as they say, start throwing the fishing line out there and starting to see if you get a bite on it. And again, this didn't happen overnight. This took time. This took effort. And, you know, um, I mean, I can go into my visualization as far as like I started seeing an eye, eye specialist and started strengthening my eyes. And, and, and I know that's becoming sort of a, a thing in baseball today. But again, it's like the understanding that your eyeball is 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 staying in, in socket by it, it's held in by thousands and thousands of strands of muscle if you can strengthen those muscles just like you go in the gym every day and strengthen your legs your arms and chest and back you can strengthen your eye muscles so what gets you tired jay what re what really gets you tired if your eyes are tired your mind's tired if your mind's tired your body's tired it doesn't work the other way around there is no way your body's tired without your mind being tired or your eyes being tired. Your eyes can't feel good and all of a sudden, oh, my body feels like crap. Yeah. Your eyes are tired, your mind's tired, and your body's tired. And so that being said is when I started doing these eye exercises, again, this goes back into the beginning of uh, 92 when I started seeing this, this eye doctor uh, specialist and he was out of San Diego. And I started doing all these eye exercises and I never stopped. And, and that's where like my mindset and my eyes 
became where I could see the dot on the ball. I could see the writing on the ball. I could see a fingernail. You know, I used to tell Adam Wainwright, <laughs> even Clayton Kershaw, I used to tell him, I said, dude, I see that knuckle curveball. I see that knuckle thrown up so high. I said, I would sit there, read the newspaper, but I'm going to hit the shit out of it. <laughs> and they started laughing. <laughs> they started laughing because, because, but that's how, that's how, that's how good I got as far as reading fingers. I could see a changeup. I could see a guy's little circle on the side of the ball. When, but see, that was like, but the, these were little things that I did when nobody really knows about. And it's like, but it's like, that slowed the game down. My mind was slowed down because of all the, all the work I was doing, figuring out who I was. But my mind really slowed down even more when I was doing those eye exercises, when I learned how to really control my eyes and, and, it, and really set it on, a, on the spot to your point of me closing my eyes and visualizing in the dugout, on, in the hole, on deck. And then sometimes when I'd swing and miss, I'd, I'd back out and I'd close and there was a spot on the bat that there was a little spot on the bat. There was an R that just that R kept on telling me, be right, be right. And, and I would just keep staring at that. And that was like my focus point where I just, just, I used my eyes. Cause listen, Jay, kidding, like, just like golf, golf is visualization, right? You have to see the shot and you have to, and then you have to perform it. So your eyes see the shot, your mind moves, and it tells your body where to go. After my knee replacement, I was able to swing the golf club again without any pain. SSM Health Physical Therapy guided me through the rehab process, and when I was ready, one of their specially trained KVEST certified physical therapists put me on the 3D motion capture system. It was awesome. They evaluated my posture, alignment, and the efficiencies of my swing. They gave me golf-specific exercises to help make my swing more efficient and repeatable. Call 800-518-1626. Tell them Jay sent you for special pricing. Your therapy, our passion. Boy, is this housing market tight right now. Are you tired of having the second best bid on your dream home? Call my friend Joe Schieser at 314-628-2015. Joe's been helping my family and I for over 30 years. He closes millions of dollars of business every year, and he will help you understand the importance of a pre-approval letter, inspections, and pricing your home or your offer just right. If you need to buy or sell your home, Joe is your guy. 314 314- 628-2015. That's 314-628-2015. How would you like access to 90 holes of golf? Well, that's what happens when you join at Whitmore Country Club. You get access to the Missouri Bluffs, the Links of Dardeen, and the Golf Club of Wentzville. And guess what? No cart fees included in that deal. There's no food and beverage minimums. There's no assessments. They have a 24-hour fitness center, two large pool complexes, three tennis courts, Year-round social calendar includes holiday parties, picnics, date nights, live music. They even have a kids club for your children and much, much more. There's junior golf, junior tennis, and swim teams available. This is a family-friendly atmosphere, and they have a wonderful staff. If you get out there, you got to poke your head in the golf shop and say hello to my friend Bummer. He is a terrific guy, and he will help you with your game and show you around. And don't forget, there are golf leagues, skins games, members tournaments, and couples events available all year round. Visit WhitmoreGolf.com. That's WhitmoreGolf.com. The Ascension Charity Classic returns September 6th through the 11th. Once again, St. Louis will host golf's greatest champions. But no matter who wins, the real winners will be local area charities and communities. Tickets available now at ascensioncharityclassic.com. I've been looking for over three years for the perfect place to be the official 19th hole of the Golf with Jay Delsing show, and the search is over. Please welcome the loading dock to the show. What a great place it is. It is located at the confluence of the Mississippi and Illinois rivers in beautiful Grafton, Illinois. Their patio is killer with seating for over 800, and every weekend the loading dock has the area's best live music. There's no reservations required, they have overnight lodging available, and they also have an ice skating rink in the winter months. And don't forget about the super cool Riverside Flea Market, which happens the fourth weekend of each month from April through October. If you're into antiques and collectibles, you gotta check it out. 
The Grafton Ferry runs directly from St. Charles County to within steps of our parking lot. Go check out the loading dock and say hello to my buddy Peter Allen. He is a great guy, good golfer, and a lover of the game. Call 618-556-7951 or visit them on the web at graftonloadingdock.com. For more information on their live music schedule, the Riverside Flea Market, and more. The Loading Dock, the new official 19th hole of the Golf with Jay Delsing show. So what's next for Mark McGuire? I know you're going to watch a hell of a lot of baseball coming up, but uh, (laughs) it's really exciting. Well, let's see. Well, I'm still, I'm a a soccer dad now. Um, You know, uh, two of my uh, three three girls play soccer. Uh, One plays on a a club team and one plays AYSO. Um, so like last weekend, I was at a tournament all weekend. This weekend, I'm going to be at another tournament. You know, I'll be going back and forth to Arizona to visit my son. Uh, I'll be driving down the five freeway, going down to San Diego, visiting my other son when, when he starts playing games down there. So, um, yeah, in about, you know, a few more weeks, I said, my wife and I are going to, I'm, I'm going to be the only, the only male in the house. I'm going to be with <laughs> Four women, so it's going to be interesting for me. Um, you know, usually I have I have boys around the house, so it's like, um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting time, but it's going to be an exciting time. I had four daughters, man. I got a full notebook. I'll send it on over to you. You just gotta, <laughs> you gotta find your, you gotta find your quiet place because there's a lot of words <laughs> that are in the air sometimes, my man. Oh, I know, I know, I know. It's like, oh man, it is. Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, it is different because I've, you know. You know, I was raised in a household with five boys, you know, and then uh, then I had, you know, my, my son, Matt, you know, he's 30, uh, 34, going on 35. And and then, um, you know, then Max and Mason. And then uh, then I have, uh, you know, my wife wanted to get one more and we got three more. So and they're all girls. So that's awesome. I just want to wrap up with this, Mark. With um, I noticed when you came back to St. Louis, you are so beloved here and you came back and there was a, to me, I I watched you so much. There was a marked change in you as a man. There was something, and I don't know if it was just, maybe it's just the rigors of not having to play on a daily basis, but talk a little bit about that and talk a little bit about the support in this crazy baseball town that we live in. Well, it's one of the key reasons why, I elected to sign there after I was traded there in 97. Um, I never felt the way, you know, listen, I grew up in Oakland for 12 years and, you know, they had for the most part, a a pretty good fan base. Obviously they're going through a tough time right now and trying to decide on what they're going to do with the stadium and if they're going to stay and whatever. Um, And and again, Oakland's a historical franchise too. Um, but being from California and, and being traded to St. Louis and really not knowing much about St. Louis baseball and going there and getting the reception I did that Friday night when I, um, my first game there in Bush stadium and, um, hitting a home run that night and understanding like, wait a minute, this doesn't happen. We're, 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 I, I don't understand what's going on here. It's like, really, this is the way a baseball player is supposed to feel uh, this is um, incredible. I've never under, I, it's like, I was just like going, I mean, I couldn't understand it. It was like, I was taken off guard, like the, 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 the support and Cardinal nation um, being grown up in California. We just, we, we weren't in tune to it. Um, you know, we're used to going to ball games and leaving the games early, you know, <laughs> you know, to beat traffic, you know, and people, people make their summer vacations and going down to downtown St. Louis to watch Cardinal games. It's, so um, it was, it was the feeling of like, just love. And I was like, I remember calling my representative and saying, this is where I want to be. I mean, I hope we can work something out. I mean, I, I mean, this is incredible. Why, why would I even try to go, try to go look, to be a free agent, to go somewhere else when I've never felt like this ever. And to your point of when I come back, it's, it's the same feeling. It's incredible. I mean, it's like, I, I just, um, you know, I met my wife there, you know, my wife's, you know, uh, born and raised across the river in Illinois and Glenn Carbon, and, you know, and 
took her out here to California and her parents still live there and her sister still lives over there in Edwardsville. And, and so, I mean, it's, it's, I, I mean, I couldn't be thankful for the time and what, what happened there and, and just the feeling from the Cardinal nation. It's just incredible. And it, it's not going, it's, it's only going to get better. It's, it, it, these are just, it's just, it's just families, generations hand down the, the Cardinal nation. And this is what they do. And, you know, you, you go all the way down through the South and the people listening on the radio, KMOX, and you hear the stories of listening to, to uh, Jack Buck and, you know, Mike Shannon and all those guys. It's just like, it's just the stories just going all over the country. It's just like when I used to travel with my boys down through the South and I, I would get stories from people coming up saying, oh my God, we're huge Cardinal fans and love listening to the games and watching games when you're playing and stuff. So just the love and uh, I mean, I, you know, Walt Jockety and, and the uh, DeWitt family and the, all the owners, and I, I couldn't be thankful enough for them uh, even making something work and for me to stay there. And, you know, I mean, I wish it was longer than four years. I mean, um, you know, unfortunately I decided to walk away from it with all the injuries and just didn't want to deal with it. Could I have, could I have played longer? I, I, I know I could have played longer, but I just came to a point where I just felt like I just didn't want to go through all that anymore. And I, and I walked away from it, yeah, but I, the love, the love has never lost left, left me, <laughs> never left at all. I think when you talk about the preparation and, and the things that you have today and shared with us, and I appreciate that so much, that is what people don't understand about the other side of the game, the mental side of the game and, and golf and in baseball and, and the, the prep and the, the demand is it's, it's a, it's a huge ask. No. Yeah. And, and, and but it, it all comes from the mindset, but you know, Jay, I, I can't go back enough to it. It goes back to finding out who you are as a person. <clears throat> it really does. And, and it's like, until you can find out who you are as a person and how you can deal with things on your own and nobody else's opinion, nobody else has given you any kind of anything. You in your own room, look in the mirror, understand, talk to yourself, figure out how you're going to accomplish this good or bad until you can get to that point. And when you get to that point, then you're going to know that's who you are. And I, I can't put enough emphasis on that. And it's not easy work. <laughs> it's a lot of hard work. And, 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 and it's like, there's, there's a lot of hiccups during the way. I remember having hiccups. I know I keep going back. I remember having hiccups driving to my psychologist going there and going, oh man, we have this one. But then I, you know, hour later, I'm driving home feeling fantastic because he gave me something to work on. You can overcome pretty much any and everything. And, and you are the one that will dictate it. Man, thanks so much for the time today. I really appreciate it. I wish the boys the best of luck, the girls, oh, you and your you, wife. Jay. If you ever get yes. back in town, I, I really look forward to, to connecting. Yes. Yes. Well, thank you, Jay. And, you know, I, I really love just talking about knowledge and what we've gone through in, in our lives. And, you know, it, if we can help somebody and, and get somebody on the right, the road to recovery or the road to who they are as a, as a person, whatever it may be. It's just like, if they can use the little things and maybe go out and try to find some help, I mean, all the better, man. Folks, are you in the market for some additional protection for your ride? You need to call my friends at Vehicle Assurance. Their number is 866-341-9255. Sherry Fain is the owner and president, and she and her team are committed to helping you with your unexpected auto repair bills. They are committed to finding the right protection for you, your budget, and your family. They only work with the top vehicle service providers in the country. Get the protection and the peace of mind you deserve. That's Vehicle Assurance, 866-341-9255 for a free quote. 866-341-9255. Hey, this is Jay Delsing for SSM Health Physical Therapy. Our golf program has the same screening techniques and technology as the pros on the PGA Tour use. SSM Health Physical Therapy has the Titleist Performance Institute trained physical therapists that can perform the TPI screening on you 
as well as use a KVEST 3D motion capture system. Proper posture, alignment, etc. can help you keep your game right down the middle. We have 80 locations in the St. Louis area. Call 800-518-1626 or visit them on the web at SSMPhysicalTherapy.com. Your therapy, our passion. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes. From running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you. 